This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. So now the court is in session there, and God stands up and calls Israel his people, calls Israel his heritage as he defends them, as he promised he would in Exodus 19.5, Exodus 19.5. Now, therefore, if you'll obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all the earth is mine. Deuteronomy 32.9, Deuteronomy 32.9. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. And then God prepares to fight for Israel. He calls on the enemies of Israel. He says in verse 9 here, chapter 3, verse 9, verse 9, he says, Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up, ye mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. So here's God now. God is now going from being the advocate, the lawyer, to as it says in Exodus 3.13, what happened when Moses came, when God came to Moses at the burning bush, Moses said, okay, you want me to go to Israel? What's your name? What's your name? Tell me what your name is. And one of the names that God gave in Exodus 3.13, this is when Moses said, Exodus 3.13, Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me, they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And a few chapters later in Exodus 15.3, Exodus 15.3, God gave one of his names. He says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Psalm 70, Psalm 24, 7, Psalm 24, 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. That's how we see Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation, Revelation 19. We see him as the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Revelation 19:11. I saw heaven opened. Behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that which with it should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron. He that treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. So in verse 9, in verse 9 of this chapter, Joel 3, verse 9, 
When he says prepare war, he's saying let the nations come to war with God. Just like it says in Psalm 2, verse 1, Psalm 2, verse 1, why do the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his Messiah, saying, let us break their bands asunder, cast away their cords. And here in this chapter, God's saying, come, make your rage against God. Come, imagine you can overthrow God, just like the people at the Tower of Babel thought that they could build a tower that would reach God's throne so they could overthrow God. Come, he says, kings of the earth. Come, rulers together. Come against Christ. Come to have your restraints that God has put on you cast away. Come. And this is what God is saying in verse 9. He calls on his enemies, go ahead, prepare for war. He says, he says in verse 9, let them come up. Come up against God. God says he's ready to meet them in the battlefield, in the scene of the crime, in the valley of Jezreel. God says, you say you don't have weapons to fight God with? No problem, God says. Take your plows, refashion them into swords. I'll wait till they're ready. Verse 10, verse 10. Beat your plows, shares into swords, your pruning hooks into spears. And let the weak say I'm strong. God's saying, is any of the nations who have fought against the Jewish people now saying we are weak? God says, be strong. Just say I am strong. And now is in that court. God calls for the accused to step forward. Verse 12, verse 12. Let the heathen be wakened. Come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Now he takes his place as the judge. This is the summons to appear in court. Whether a person wants to or does not want to, they will appear in this court date. And God not only defends Israel, but God now sits as the judge. In verse 12, verse 12, there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. And just as that tent court was set up in Ethiopia, there was the defendant, there was his lawyer, there was the prosecutor representing the family of the murdered woman, and there sat the judge to hear each side and then pronounce the judgment and the sentencing. And looking at the judge in that tent was a real, there sits the judge. And that's exactly the scene. In verse 12, verse 12, let the heathen be awakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There will I sit to judge all the nations round about. And now comes the sentence. The sentence comes in verse 13. Verse 13, put you in the sickle. The harvest is ripe. Come, get you down. The press is full. The fats overflow for their wickedness is great. Just as with the Amorites, God says, the cup of iniquity had reached its brim. It was now overflowing. And this is what Christ spoke of when he said in Matthew 13, 39, Matthew 13, 39, the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and which do iniquity and cast them into a furnace of fire where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Just as in Revelation 14, Revelation 14, 14, where John, he's in Revelation. So many times John says, I looked and I saw, I looked and I saw. He was surprised with everything he saw. That's why it's called the Revelation. It was shown to him, John 14, Revelation 14, 14. I looked and saw, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, 
and in his hand a sharp sickle. Another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the crowd, thrust in thy sickle, reap. The time has come for thee to reap. The harvest, the earth is ripe. He that sat on the cloud thrust in the sickle on the earth. The earth was reaped. Another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, also having a sharp sickle. Another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vines of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. The angel thrust in his sickle unto the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without city, and blood came out of the winepress, even to the horse's bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. And the assembled there are not just a few people. Verse 14, verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. That's what the Jezreel is called. That's what the valley of Jezreel is called, the new name. It indicates that a decision, a court decision will be made there. This is the Valley of Jezreel because God is going to decide what to do with the nations that have mistreated his people, the Jews. And the decision's only one-sided. It's God's decision. Today, we live in a day when man makes the decision to either come to Christ or not to come to Christ. That's 110% man's decision. But after man makes his decision, God says, today, what will you do with Jesus? What will your answer be? Neutral, you cannot be. Someday you'll be asking, what will he do with me? And the sentence is, verse 15, verse 15, the sun, the moon shall be darkened. The stars shall withdraw their shining. Today, we know a wonderful light of the sun the moon, the stars, we love it. We love those lights. But there's coming a day when those lights will be put out. They'll be put out. And hell is a place of outer darkness. No sun, no moon, no stars. But heaven is a place of one light and everlasting light. Isaiah 60, verse 19, Isaiah 60, verse 19. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, Neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy morning shall be ended. Revelation 21, 23. Revelation 21, 23. The city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamb is the light thereof. Revelation 22.4, Revelation 22.4, they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. But in hell, Matthew 8.12, Matthew 8.12, the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth, from this valley of Jezreel, Jehovah Jesus moves on to Jerusalem and Mount Zion where he says in verse 16, verse 16, the Lord shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. From that same hill 
where they crucified Jehovah Jesus, the site of the crime, from that same place where he was resurrected from the dead, Jesus Christ will return and roar like a lion against the nations that have assembled themselves to destroy the Jewish people. The Lord has so long kept himself silent. He's held his peace, but now no longer. He roars. Psalm 50, verse 5, Psalm 50, verse 5. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire should devour before him. It shall be very tempestuous round about him. Psalm 50, verse 21, Psalm 50, verse 21. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself, but I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Now, the Jewish people will see at this point Jesus Christ like they've never seen him before in verse 16. Now the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. This is the time when Jesus Christ will be the Hatikva of the Jewish people. Jesus Christ will be the strength of his people. Actually, this Hebrew word, hope, it's, another, it's not hope, it's not really tikva. It's another word, it's makash. And it means a shelter or a harbor or a place that you retreat into it to avoid a storm. And that's who God is for us. That's who God will be for them, a place of retreat. Just like the, the hymn says, the Lord's our rock. In him we hide. He's a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever ill be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. And when the Jewish people come to know what they do not now know, they shall know the meaning of the name of this book, Joel, that Jehovah is God, that Jesus is God. Verse 17, verse 17. So shall you know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy. We call it the holy land today. It's so far from holy. The land of Israel is so far from being a holy land Israel wants to make Tel Aviv the gay capital of the world. Naked people walk the parade, the gay pride parade. Of all the words, pride, right out of the pit of hell. These six things does the Lord hate, a proud look. Why would they choose pride? Because the speaker of the Knesset house, he spoke at the gay pride parade in Tel Aviv. It's not a holy land. It's a land of sin and defilement, but it's all gonna change. It's all gonna change when this judgment does. In verse 17, verse 17, then shall Jerusalem be holy. Holiness comes from knowing Jesus Christ. The more a person knows Jesus Christ, the more his life will be transformed into a life of holiness. 2 Peter 1.3, 2 Peter 1.3, according as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto a life and godliness, through the knowledge of him, hath he called us to glory and virtue. And verse 18, verse 18, Israel's gonna be holy because verse 18, a fountain shall come forth of the house of the Lord. A fountain, a fountain that does two things. A fountain that cleanses and a fountain that forgives. Zechariah 13.1, Zechariah 13.1, in that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. That's the fountain. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins 
and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Now as we move on to verse 19, two countries are called out, Egypt and Edom. There are many nations that will be judged at this time, but the basis of the judgment will all come down, as Jesus said, Matthew 25, 31. Matthew 25, 31. Then when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, there shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on the left. Then the king shall say on them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was a hungered, you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. Sick, you visited me. In prison, you came unto me. And shall the righteous answer it, saying, Lord, when? When saw we thee hungered, fed thee thirsty, gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, took thee in, naked, clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these my brethren. My brethren, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. You've done it unto me. And then the converse goes on. He says, he says, you didn't come. That's the basis of the judgment. Nations are judged in Joel 3 based on what they did to the Jewish people. So the nation of Ammon, Ezekiel 25.3, Ezekiel 25.3. Say unto the Ammonites, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus saith the Lord, because thou saidest, aha, against my sanctuary when it was profaned, against the land of Israel, when it was desolate, against the house of Judah. So the nation of Moab is judged, Ezekiel 25.8, Ezekiel 25.8. Thus saith the Lord God, because it know Moab and Seir do say, behold, the house of Judah is like unto all the heathen. So the Palestinians are judged based on how they treated the Jewish people, Ezekiel 25.15, Ezekiel 25.15. Thus saith the Lord God, because the Philistines have dealt by revenge and have taken vengeance with a despiteful heart to destroy it for the old hatred. The nation of Tyre, same thing. Ezekiel 26.2, Ezekiel 26.2. Son of man, because the Tyre had said against Jerusalem, aha, she's broken, that was the gates of the people. She's turned unto me, I shall be replenished. Now as she's laid waste. And then God turns to the Jewish people and he says in verse 20, verse 20, Judah shall dwell forever. Jerusalem, door by door, generation to generation. And even though Judah's imprisonment to sin and their unbelief has been terrible, and very long, it will not be everlasting. There is a time limit, as there was in Egypt, when God did come and said, now's the time for their deliverance. Exodus 4.23, Exodus 4.23, I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. If thou refuse to let him go, I'll slay thy son, even thy firstborn. There was a time in Israel, the time of the Jubilee, when all the debts were erased. Leviticus 25.10, Leviticus 25.10, you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto the heavens thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you. You shall return every man unto his possession and you shall return every man to his family. And now God says, it's the time of the jubilee. It's the time of liberation. Verse 21, he says, I will now cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, that I have not cleansed. And Jehovah Jesus turns and cleanses the Jewish people from their sins. 
and that fountain is open. And God loves to point to that day, which is where this chapter started off with. In that day, at that time, it's going to be for the whole. But now it's the one by one. It's the David, whatever his name is. He comes and he finds just in a foretaste, just in a foretaste. Hebrews 10.1, Hebrews 10.1, for the law having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, making the comers thereto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there's a remembrance, remembrance made every year. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Hebrews 10, 19, Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. Today, the enemies of the Jewish people are the rabbis. They mislead the Jewish people by telling them, if you keep the law, this will make you acceptable with God. That's not true. In Jesus Christ, God has created a new and living way to get to heaven. But the rabbis cling not to the new, to the old, not to the living, but to the dead way to heaven, which they do when they press the law with the Jewish people as something you must do. And what is worse is when the rabbis then block the new and living way to God through Jesus Christ by nourishing within the Jewish people a prejudice against Jesus Christ. Those are the two words that describe what the rabbis do. Press and nourish, press and nourish. Press the law, nourish the prejudice against Jesus Christ. But they're not completely effective. They're not completely effective because of him and others like him. That happened because he rejected the rabbi's pressing of the law to get to heaven because he rejected the rabbi's nourishment of the prejudice against Jesus Christ. And what happened to David will happen to all the Jewish people who survived the second Holocaust. Purification. Every person who comes to Jesus Christ as a sinner and asks him to save them finds Jesus Christ to be, Titus 2.14, Titus 2.14. He gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Ephesians 5.25, Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot nor wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy without blemish. Think of how dirty King David was he forces a wife, he murders her husband. He knew he had to be cleansed, but he knew where to be cleansed. Not just outwardly, but inwardly, as he prayed in Psalm 51.2, Psalm 51.2, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. And so God calls out to every sinner today, Isaiah 118, Isaiah 118, come now, let's reason together, saith the Lord. 
Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Because God wants everyone to find Christ as John the Baptist called him out to be. In John 1.29, John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Revelation 1.5, Revelation 1.5, Jesus Christ unto him loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the day is coming. Thank you, Lord. As you said, it's that day. It's that time. We long for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.